listening to Have the Conversation podcast, a podcast centered around mental health, wellness, and everything in between. I'm Kala. And I'm Leanne. We're sitting down with everyday people to talk about life and the lessons they've learned, all in an effort to connect and stay encouraged. Joining us this week is Anthony Russo. Anthony specializes in messages of change through positive action. As the founder of Hashtag Be the Change, he is a lifetime entrepreneur that strives for something more. His businesses have seen success, small and large, with seven-figure yearly revenues on a company he founded with no capital, zero funding, and one client. He's been an MC and host for events all over the country, large and small, with experiences in stadiums where he's been the voice for 75,000-plus fans. He is the Jumbotron host for most of the major NCAA championships and assists as a host for charity events all over the country. Anthony is also a motivational speaker who helps audiences take their failures and turn them into positives. In 2016, he started a social movement and company called Hashtag Be the Change, where he spreads his own message and many others preaching the message of positive action to make the world a better place. And now he's part of our HTC community. We know the world seems like a hot mess right now, and no one wants to discuss politics in 2020. But Leanne and I saw an opportunity to discuss our current political climate and the love and trust for humanity that we believe is still out there. We knew talking with Anthony was just the thing the HCC community needed to get through these wild times. Enjoy this one. Okay, so for our listeners who don't know about Be the Change, why don't you go ahead and explain what that's all about and how it came to be? Absolutely. So Be the Change, uh, I'm Dallas-based, and it actually started in 2016 when there was the police shooting in downtown Dallas. And at the time, I owned a successful business staffing agency, and I was doing my own thing, and I knew that there was hopefully something more for me because I was a professional speaker, host, MC, et cetera, and I'm, I'm like, something is, something's missing. And when that happened, I looked at what was going on, and for those of you that don't know about the Dallas Five or the police shooting, what happened was uh, there was an anti-police protest, and there were police officers that were essentially protecting those protesting against them, and five police officers ended up getting killed that night. And I started looking at our concept of, of protest in this country and the way we yell and the way we get upset and the way we go on social media and say all these different things that are wrong. And I realized we're missing a very key element that we actually have the power to be the change we wish to see in the communities around us or the world and the world around us. And I just, I didn't know what was going to happen out of it, but I started looking at the trademarks and I was like, all right, I want to gear something towards be the change. I created a Facebook group, created a logo and did all these different things while I still had my other business. And I, the, the intention was to be anti-awareness proaction, to actually give a way to allow people to, uh, to have a funnel and to have a, a, a motivation to actually create action in the world around them. And that's, that's been the general goal. And it's taken, honestly, uh, until 2020, until this weird year that we have to actually find its true purpose. And uh, give me time. Like it, really had no choice i'm in the event world there is no events anymore so i was forced to either say do i just sit around and and hope for something or do i take action in the business and find a way to create a following and a following that hopefully uh is motivated to to do exactly what i talked about which is funny right now you look at it and say one of my initial things i think it's my initial video it's not about our president our president has one percent to do with our daily life 99 percent is how we treat the people around us how we treat our neighbors and the kindness that we exude. And it really doesn't have to do with politics. We have our political shows. I know but the core concept is to move past politics and just be decent human beings and take action on that. Mm. 
that's such a good message right now too, especially in the current climate that it's everything centered around politics. I feel all my social media feed, every time I turn on the TV, it's just politics, politics, politics. And people like Clayton deleted his social media this week because he couldn't, he, he couldn't handle it. It's too Super much. <laughs> right. <laughs> I did. I'm pot committed. Yeah. I'm yeah. pot committed at yeah. this point. <laughs> yeah. We hear you. We understand. <laughs> we totally get that. I think I was telling Leanne before um, you joined us that, you know, we, when I started to have the conversation and what it is now, I wanted to stay away from politics altogether. So I love the fact that you were brave enough to be like, this isn't the core of who we are, but it, it's definitely going to play a part into it. So were you nervous to bring that into it at all? So a couple of things. Um, the intention, the intention was always to be apolitical, but Right when COVID started, um, I, I and I, it was almost something like it was bottling up inside of me. And this was before George Floyd, and we really took off once we started having some difficult racial conversations around George Floyd, and that's where we grew our following. But beginning of COVID, I'm like, I'm losing my mind. I'm watching people on their social media that are just like, "You're wrong. You're wrong. Look at this fact and this fact, but they have facts. Your facts suck." And I'm like, I, <laughs> so I, was, lo <laughs> I was losing my mind. So. I'm um, a very logical thinker, self-proclaimed, but I, in, in all reality, good luck having a debate with me because I am an a-hole, and I and I I will always bring I will always bring more research than the other person. And, and here's the worst part about debating me: if I'm wrong, I admit when I'm wrong. So it's like kind of like Eminem, like I'll say all the things that I did wrong, and I'll yeah. like, see now now what are you gonna say about? Me? So you rap too? I, uh, <laughs> no. I can turn my hat. There you go. There you go. Halfway there. So I started seeing this stuff and, and my mom's a, a natural, she's a, a holistic healer, chiropractor, and I'm very big on learning about different alternatives and also looking at common sense. Like there's a point, there's a purpose for pharmaceuticals. There's also a purpose, you know, for taking care of yourself. And I started looking at all the different things going in and I go, I'm going to do a show called Truth Will Set You Free. And I'm just going to allow people to fire stuff at me. And I'm just going to be behind my keyboard. And, and I'm, but I'm also on video. And I'm like, let's, I want to have these chats. And I went for three hours. And it was the most therapeutic thing I could possibly do. Where it was, I'm like, I'm not saying you're wrong. But I'm showing you why some people can believe a certain way. And why there's evidence here. And it was really fulfilling for me. I liked it. I enjoyed it. Um, I've always liked the concept of talking about politics. There was, I was trying to pitch a show one time called Somewhere in the Middle. Anyway, that didn't happen. Might be better off now. Uh, but but I, I got through that and then George Floyd happened and I did a show with my buddy, the, my two friends that were both African-American, Curtis and Aaron. And we were like, let's have a, let's have a real discussion and, and talk about the things we've learned and how, you know, there's systemic racism and how there is, uh, mass incarceration and, and all these things that have led to a, to where we are, and then also dispel some of the myths about some of the bigger problems. Like let's let's not be afraid to use phrases like black on black crime and and how all of it can play in together. And we had these we had a hard discussion to start, and there was like 50 live viewers, and we were like, holy nuggets, <laughs> we made it, uh, <laughs> we made it, and we went for two hours. And honestly, like I'm a pretty decent critic on myself, and I was like, we did we did great. We brought on a couple of guests. I was like, that was, that was a really well done thing. And a friend of mine sent me a video of, and this is where I started feeling more comfortable. I was like, I feel like this is my groove, even though our company is not about politics. 
It's about allowing people to have political opinions that differ from others and having a safe space for that. So then we, we met a guy by the name of Pastor Kelly. I saw his video and I got super lucky to be blessed, whatever you want to call it. It was supposed to happen. Um, this guy had, he was nobody, lived in, lives in a bad neighborhood outside of Chicago in northern Indiana. And he made a video as a half black, half white male that has a background in gangbanging and being rough, rough around the edges. But he, the way he articulated everything going on in this world, it was like an eight-minute video, and he went uber viral. He ended up, I think it ended, that video ended up over 30 or 40 million views. But I saw it at like four, and somebody sent it to me. And I reached out via Facebook message. And fortunately, my last name is the same as somebody that he went to uh, juvie with when he was 17 years old. And that's why he replied to me. And, and him and I started talking, I go, will you be on our show tomorrow? And that show still to this day had more views than anything we've ever done. Uh, and be the change. And he came on the show, we talked about it. And ultimately, we realized that we did start getting garnering his a little bit of the following because now he went from being again, nobody to five months later now having almost 400,000 Facebook followers. And he shows up in cities and politicians have brought him on. And, and now we've gotten to kind of piggyback, but also create a core message in a business around how do we how do we bring people together, uh, even with a little bit of a political message. And that's, that's kind of where we got it. And honestly, I've I could not be more comfortable doing anything than, than creating positivity through politics, to be to be totally honest. And again, I, I do enjoy a debate here. Yeah, I think you have to <laughs> if you're jumping into the political realm. I mean, yeah. it's so polarizing for almost everybody. I mean, you talk about creating positivity there. Like, I think that is, there's a lot of things that are lacking and positive, positivity in that realm is, I think, one of the major major things yeah so what so, sorry you get, you get a lot and and the, the thing that makes it the only thing that i will say is the hardest is with a company with the name of be the change and everything that i say is if, if somebody disagrees with it it becomes oh what happened to this be the change business and i'm like well there's be the change isn't a perfect phrase like my version of being the change is allowing people to have a voice but I don't agree with that voice. Mm -hmm. So I get a lot of flack of, you know, that, that I'm trying to monetize the name. I'm like, I've got news for you. We have not made any money to this point. We're, like, <laughs> we're, we're, right? we're on right. you. <laughs> yeah. We're, I mean, we're, in a, we're seed funding for, I mean, I mean, we're in a great position right now because we have people following, but people are like, oh, just monetizing on the name and taking advantage of people. I'm like, no, I'm giving people a voice and, and spreading some, hopefully some information. And then again, we do have a whole bunch of positivity that we do. Our first, first guest on a show called Changemakers, it was Daryl Davis, which is, to me, the, the, the perfect example of what we need in this world. Do you guys know who Daryl Davis is? Yeah, we talked about it when, when right. you and I spoke the first time. Why don't you go ahead and, and t tell all about that, because it was just yeah. so cool. So I reached out to Daryl Davis over and over again. Daryl Davis was a gentleman that I saw a gold cast on years ago, and then saw it again. Uh, heavy set black dude that has been getting people out of he's just a like he's just everything about him is large like the way he speaks the way he talks his presence um and his confidence but he he used to he used to be a musician for chuck berry and he ended up he's a journalist he ended up getting in a setup interview without telling him that he was black with one of the grand wizards of the kkk and he has a story of a very contentious moment in like how the, like the ice shifted and they thought it was somebody cocking a gun because there was security there, like whatever they call it. We have pretty cool names like Nighthawk. And it's so funny because even he's like, man, why did, 
why did they get to have all these cool names in their organization? And it's like full of such hate. <laughs> but ultimately, and, and Cash and I, when I interviewed him, it was so funny because we all got to laugh about that. But he talks about it. And ultimately, it's the perfect example. We have a society where we are so opposed to people that are different than us. And a lot of times people yell at them, you're racist, you're hateful, you're whatever. And Daryl Davis explains it like this. He took years and he got people out of the KKK by denouncing it and realizing that everything they've been meant taught to believe was false and taught to believe that there is character beyond color. And, and he did this not over a span of a week. He became such good friends with this grand wizard that at first was like security was there and then no security was there. And then he would go to his musical events and then he would start hanging out and he would bring him around the family. And then all of a sudden he goes, why is this a person that I, that I think I'm so much better than? And they, they then forged the friendship. He denounced the KKK and whatever. And since then there's 200 people either directly or indirectly that he has gotten out of the KKK by realizing, by denouncing, that they're, it's just not worth it. Not a single one of those 200 did anybody yell at and go, you're less than, you're terrible, you're racist, you're horrible. That's not, that was not the way to, and he talks about it like planting a seed in concrete and it's not gonna happen right away, but over time the cracks happen and you break away and you have to, yeah. you have to lead with kindness. So we got to have him on the show, which was great. And that was the first guest we had. And it was like the perfect example of what we're trying to get. What a way to set it off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's, that's amazing. Wasn't he on Joe Rogan? He was, yeah, yeah, he was on Joe Rogan. Yeah, holy shit, great job. Because yeah, I, I was like, I've heard this story before. Like, that's amazing. I'm going to give a little secret about COVID right now. If you are a speaker and in the event business, if you ask enough times, you might, you have a chance at some, you have to, like people, like, you have nothing to do. Great. <laughs> yeah. We want to talk. Yeah. Um, yeah, he was, it was great. It was great to have him on. I mean, he still does speaking for fee and, and stuff like that for certain things, but he's like, if it's the right cause, like they'll figure out something that just makes it worth his while, like pop on. And we went over time and he didn't care. Like, he's like, I'll, I'll come back. And he was even willing to have a little bit more of a harder conversation. Uh, Cause I learned a little something from him on that because we talked about BLM, uh, Black Lives Matter movement. Yeah. And Cash, again, not, he's, he's against Black Lives Matter as the movement, as a corporation. And there was something very interesting that um, that Daryl Davis brought up, and he goes, "I love seeing what I'm seeing right now," which a lot of our viewers were all of a sudden like, "I used to like you," but <laughs> he brought this up. He goes, <laughs> "Of course, yeah. yeah, you have to deal with that backlash at like uh, one comment." Right, but what happened was, it was the way he explained it, and it took me almost a night to realize that he goes, "I've been fighting for this my whole life to see white people fighting for black people," and he goes, "Whether or mm -hmm. not." Whether or not he, and he, even he goes, I don't like the riots. I don't like all the different stuff. He goes, this shows the progress. And maybe it's too much progress at this point. Maybe there's not, we've, we've passed the middle ground. But he goes, it shows me so much. As somebody that fought so hard to make people in the KKK, my friend, and see the, the movements that were going on and to see, you know, what, is, what happened to Black people in the 60s, 70s, et cetera, to see this, he goes, it means a lot. And it took me a day to realize I can see why that is a positive takeaway that all the damage, the destruction and the bad things that have happened out of some of the riots, whatever that might be. There is a huge, there is a huge piece of oneness, despite all that's going on that you can really take from that. And that, that actually changed a little bit of my perspective. And not all, not all BLM uh, organizers are bad. There's a couple in New York that are mean and they're bad. And there's a couple that, but as a whole, there is a lot of them that still just, want their voices heard and and, yeah. and he showed the positive mm -hmm. that it was, it was great yeah 
I feel like at the end of the day, that's what everybody wants is really just their, their voice to be heard and for people to empathize with it. You know, like we, we had yeah. uh, Brie and Jocelyn, there are two black girls on here a while back to talk about, it was kind of in the midst of all that, the riots and everything happening too. And for me, I, I think you could probably agree, Cal, that was one of the toughest conversations that I had. We were nervous. Yeah, yeah we were nervous leading up to it for sure, which is so silly, but yeah. It is silly, <laughs> but you know, there is that like kind of walking on eggshells feeling that you feel because you don't want to uh, make anyone upset or, you know, sound critical in any way. And, and that's why I like what your Be The Change is all about, because it's like you talk about the change starting with you. And yeah, that personal responsibility. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And that's what we talked about with our whole conversation with them is like, yes, you can you can not see color, but that that's also not enough. You have to empathize with what we've been through and, and you can't do that as a white person. You, you just can't cause we haven't, you know, you can't do it as anyone other than you. I can't do it as Callan. Right. You know? I, right. As me. And so just, just having that message kind of blasted in, in your face, it's it overall, I think is a good message. It's just the way that, it, that it happened was not right. so good. There, there's a whole bunch, there's just multiple angles. Uh, like the, the phrase, there's more than one way to skin a cat. The problem mm -hmm. is, I think the, 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 what, what keeps us behind as a society, as America right now, is we believe that our way of skinning the cat, and I know this is getting graphic, uh, is, is, the only, <laughs> is the only <laughs> way to do something. And there's not. There is a lot of positive things. Like, it's like, all right, you know, if, you are a, if you're with the Black Lives Matter movement and you're trying to have the voices heard, that's great. But if I'm over here doing something different, not a fan of Black Lives Matter, not not letting it bother me at all, but taking action in African American communities, Black communities, et cetera, because I don't post something, do not attack me. And the same, I need, mm. and I personally need to be better too at just going. They want the best. They they want, and I've gotten better at that. I'm like, I understand it, and then and that's kind of the way we meet our conversations or try to. Uh, it's the whole concept of like, this is why to me. I, I understand how brilliant and smart Candace Owens is, but why I think she turns off a lot of the black community is because there's a certain level that she doesn't listen. And, and, and it's hard. Like if I was like, if I said what, what she was saying, I would, I would be demonized and probably right. And rightfully so. But the concept is you've got people hurting and, and this is us. The TV show did a great job of explaining it in another way. It's not just the, police killings it's not just what's going on in this world it's the fact and and people can say well it's not as many as you see or as many as you think cool but what is all over the news what is still what is yeah. in your face and what it like it's exhausting and the character and this is us like it's just i'm exhausted and I, that made more sense than i'm enraged like this is unfair this is a, you know people are hunting us down didn't say that said he was exhausted and that was a place that I mm -hmm. could not be at because I don't see just because I, I get to say like statistically that's not right that doesn't right. make any sense yeah. because we're not seeing all these white people get killed so it's like you're forgetting the images going across their face to no control of me or him or what have you and, and there, that is just such a huge thought that you have to have to to realize that you're not going to see it through their eyes and it's it's imperfect um, but yeah, so that that's that's something that I you have to forget. So the the whole way we talk about having conversations is you have people that have emotions and facts and logic and emotion do not go together no matter how much mm -hmm. you want them to. They're just not going to. Yeah. So you break down a person to have the conversation because you have just because I have facts doesn't mean they're invalid, and just because I have feelings doesn't mean they're invalid. 
but they're not they're just you're just going to raise a wall up if you if you meet it that way but if, if you take the emotion and you meet it with empathy and listening and love and caring go i understand like i i can never understand what you've got there i can never understand that exhaustion i can never and i'm sorry and and once that person goes he or she is listening then you can go you know, can, can we have a fair, con like, can we have a conversation? Like, I'm just curious what you think of this, like, because look at this statistic. And, and this is why I feel a certain way with complete understanding. And then you're having a conversation. But in America right now, if we try to do the two, it's just pounding through each other. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's like, I mean, I think Joe Rogan talked about this. It was like, we're not meant to have conversations even this way. Like, yeah, I can see your face, but it's, different what you can really feel energy from people when you're in the same room as them and and there's a time to say certain things and a time to step back and and not say anything you know and it's hard mm -hmm. to you can't read that on a screen you know especially you can't just, typing oh god yeah yeah, yeah exactly. that's just, <laughs> that's a danger right it there is, it is dangerous <laughs> So the thing that I realized early on, like once our following started to grow before we got to the 15,000 we are now, but well above, you know, when we were right in like the 8,000 range and we were growing quickly is like, we keep getting conservative following. So the, <laughs> the, I started getting dejected because we were not getting a liberal following and, and there were people complaining. They're like, well, he, um, you don't, you don't have any scholars and racism on your show. I'm like, it's me and three black guys. Like, okay. Yeah. And, and then. There's there was a lot of white liberal friends, acquaintances, friends of friends that would come on. They'd be like, "You got to watch what they're doing on Truth or Fate. Like, this is a very interesting show. It's a good perspective." And they would say, "We don't, we don't have um, what was it? Oh, you don't have enough African American fans. Like, mm -hmm. you're you're looking. Who are they to say that though? You're looking for a reason. You're looking for a reason. Sorry, guys. You're looking for a reason not to listen." Like you're looking for a reason where yes. you, 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 it's very difficult to get out of your echo chamber and they were finding excuses to get out. So this is what I decided. I go, if they come, they come and they have slowly actually, it's been, it's been quite good. I mean, not in a high percentage, but more have come, but the issue or the, I guess the success rate of where I find success in it is I go, you know what? We've got a whole bunch of people that some people deem as hateful, racist, even though I've gotten to know a lot of our fan base and they're amazing. They're all like, how can I help? What can I do? How can I get involved in education? How can I help the inner city community? They all want to help. Meanwhile, they're just- People want to be part of that change. People want to be yeah. part of that change. Meanwhile, they're yeah. just getting, it's almost like a reversal of like, they're getting yelled hate slurs and all these different things. So I realized I'm going to take this opportunity to teach them better to how to have a conversation, provide opportunities for them. And one of the great things, there was a lot of our group that was all lives matter people. And I'm not, and I understand why that's, it's, it's the same. It's, it's taking the emotion and meeting it with this like the hammer and it doesn't work. So I've gotten a lot of them to understand why if you really want to have a productive conversation, you want to improve on, on the communication between you and people that are different than you, don't lead in with all lives matter. Lead in right. with something listening like, I get it. I understand. And that's actually been great to watch because sometimes you'll see people in there in our comments during our show self-policing. Like, like, you know what? She's different than us. Don't be mean. Then sometimes when it gets a little higher, like, I'm just going to let them go because they're having a full-blown fight in there. But for, yeah. there's times it, it's, it's been great to see the self-policing. Like, why don't we just listen to her? Just let her be. She's got a different opinion or he's, he's got a different opinion. Just let it go. So it's been really nice to see that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's hard. What do you... Go ahead, Leanne. No, sorry. no. I was just going to just add on to that like 
because because when you say black lives matter like yes of course and you say all lives matter yes of course so if you're just thinking logically then there is no problem right. but that's not that's not where people are and, and again with the timing it's when you say all lives matter during all all this happening it's diminishing all the pain and the the emotions that these people are going through that's very very real um and so it does it's it's I don't think it's a disagreement. It's just not the, it's not the right time. It's become fighting terms. It's like, it's almost like when you're in a Mm -hmm. conversation with a significant other, like there's times to say you look pretty. And then there's times not to say you're pretty. Like, (laughs) like. You're so pretty. pretty. You (laughs) shut your mouth. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. Exactly. Sorry, Cal. What were you going to say? No, I was, I'm, I guess when you're in those conversations or privy to those conversations that are going on and, and you see those comments taking place, um, where are you finding the common ground other than just the silence and the listening? Does that make sense? Uh, I think so. Um, where am I finding the common ground? It, you know, we were getting there. <laughs> I think mm-hmm. the election, has, the, the common ground has made it very difficult. And honestly, from an emotional side for me, like these last couple of weeks, just leading into it have been very difficult because I, I do like to stay, I mean, I have my own personal beliefs, but I do like to stay open-minded and grounded and, and it's hard. These last couple of weeks is you're seeing, you're seeing the people that, you know, have been, you've been teaching and like molding into being, you know, better and better at dealing with stuff. You've seen them over the last three months and four months grow. And then you've seen them like disintegrate and then, get really yeah. mad and be like, if this doesn't happen, we're all going to die. Like, and then the, yeah. and then, and then right. they're bragging and then they're not bragging. And then you see the other side and then like, you want to protect a couple people and then you've got trolls. So I honestly, in, in terms of a middle ground place, I honestly, right now, I think it's a very difficult time. So the way I see it as, uh, since, since this might be no surprise at this point, um, to some of the viewers, to, to people watching, uh, we do have a predominantly conservative following. So, what I see with this election and, and what I'm noticing and I see as an opportunity, because again, we do have predominantly conservative following, is we have to go back to that initial philosophy that it's not really about who the president is. It is about who we are as people. We're going to have that choice to fight and uh, fight for each other. And not, not necessarily like, not talking about fighting anybody in whatever politics. Like, yeah, just the yeah. Humanity, humanity fight and, for equality and, for everybody. And, and, and when we've yeah. always said that too, like there's certain things we disagree with, but if anybody is ever bullied, even if I'm on the other end of the spectrum, we stick up for those people and we'll continue that process. And Absolutely. I look at this as an opportunity to be a beacon of light for our conservative following. We take the Be, be the Change will continue to be positivity and it will continue to be a sounding board for those people that right now, just the same as I'm sure people that voted for Hillary in 2016, that in 2020, people feel like they've lost their voice and, and mm-hmm. they haven't. There are certain elements that I think are at risk in this country right now with First Amendment rights that are a little bit in question, but they, we still haven't lost our voice because we can still go across the street, talk to each other. We can still do things without being arrested. Like There's still a lot that has to be fully taken away before it's officially taken away. So essentially providing that avenue for people, however that is, and providing that positivity, I think is really where we can, where, where, we, where we have an opportunity with Be The Change, especially as we're, we're really now, even though we're four years in, this is the beginning truly of our business. That's um, we're, we're in the process of trying to raise a whole bunch of money to, to start it out as a full podcast network and uh, content network, very similar to what some of the other, uh, like the Good News Network with, what's his name? The guy from... Mm-hmm. 
John, John Krasinski. Krasinski. There yeah. you go. Uh, very okay. similar to that. I mean, he fortunately had a huge following. He, you know, took eight weeks and then sold it for a bunch of money to buy a company. My concept is to not sell it. I want it as a permanent um, network that I help run and help spread positivity with maybe a little bit of a conservative lean, but ultimately a voice, a voice for everyone. Yeah. I'm so curious. What are some of the conversations that you're looking forward to having that you maybe haven't even gotten to yet? Do you have any of those on like your list of like, this would be a really great thing to try to. So we've, we've talked. So from, I'm going to do a political and then in terms of I'll, I'll be ba on change makers, every conversation is great. I just, the, the, the key behind change makers is people are more into polarizing stuff. So we get a lot more views on our, uh, on our political stuff, but I would just love more views. The people that I bring on on change makers, each one has this really great story. And I just, yeah, they're I really just great. Want more people to be able to see those. Um, uh, the isms expert was my one, probably my honestly my favorite show. She's super interesting, so I had her on twice. She's she's a, a black chick married to a white guy that like has a racist stepfather that's no longer racist, and like kind of talks about the isms. And she's very clear like racism defined, and she actually gives like an, an exact definition of it. And she's like what everybody is saying, it's actually wrong. Like it's wrong. But and her and her story is uh, her story is just great. But anyway, so change makers is continuing on those stories. Truth will set you free. We have talked about this for a long time. And I think hopefully, hopefully we'll still do it. We want to do a debate, like a presidential debate style with my buddy Curtis, the other one of the other hosts on the show, uh, between him and I with the moderator of either Cash or Aaron, one of the other guys who are hosting the show, where we debate if black on black crime is a worthy discussion in the overall everything going on in this world. And him and I, him and I went on a on a three way call with Aaron. Curtis and I went for an hour and a half, and poor Kurt, poor Aaron just sat there and just listened. Like, and and I'm like, we need to do like we need to actually because we we each had and honestly at the end of it, his answers were so incredibly good that I there was no winner, and then that wasn't the point. It was ultimately learning a bunch from each other. Like. I, that's amazing I saw, it's so brave <laughs> i saw exactly yeah, yeah and, and and it's a tough one to have but the, the the concept behind it really was it was very interesting how we were using metaphors and it's like well if the heart is broken which is you know a lot of the the like the core of education and all these things that have been broken but take years and years to fix then how do we why are we addressing the finger that's broken when the finger is broken is actually caused by the arm and he's like well then it, it was just we were using all these metaphors for an hour and a half and i was like this was like a heavyweight fight trading blows where we both at the end hug each other and realize that now we can both see fully each other's side on that discussion. Mm -hmm. And it is, and it's definitely an important discussion to have, but is that really what we should be having? And it was, it was, it was fascinating. That one mm -hmm. is something I still really, really, really want to have. I really want to go that. back to that. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to look like an asshole afterwards. Am I allowed to say that on here? Sorry. Yeah, <laughs> you can say anything goes. You you're good. Yeah, you're you're fine. How do you take your ego out of those conversations? Have you always just kind of been on like a crusade to learn more, or do you sometimes get married to your ideas and not realize it? Funny, I was having this conversation the Great other night. Great question. Um, I love math and I love logic. We have nothing in common. <laughs> <laughs> Bye. <laughs> um, <laughs> and it's funny like it's it, you know i was having this conversation uh with a woman and we were talking about ex-relationships and 
and, and it relates to this because I, it drives me nuts. I always, and, and this is, and this is from the purest standpoint I could possibly say, I always admit when I'm wrong. I do. I'm just, gonna, have you always, um, I think so. And I think it was something from childhood, but <laughs> the thing is I'm not wrong a lot because <laughs> I make sure, <laughs> I make sure before I say something that I know what's going on and lot, like where it lies logically. Um, mm. Cause that's a very rare thing to have quality to have. Do, do you know that? Mm -hmm. um, so <laughs> as a child, I remember like the things that I learned from my mom and my dad, um, whatever I did something or said something improper, like I, this is honestly, God, I remember like I made a fart joke when I was like nine years old. And apparently, even though it's funny in our family, it was improper in the circumstance that it was. And I had to go back and I had to apologize. And that was, do you know how hard that is for a nine? Oh my God. I'm like, this is my life right now. I have a nine-year-old son. <laughs> you know how hard that is? A lot for of apologies life? happening. Yeah, it's just so many apologies. We're on a tour right now. Apology tour. <laughs> 2020. It's, it's so hard. There was a couple of times where I just, I learned the concept of self-responsibility. And to me, it's, the best to do that, like to, to get ahead of the curve. Mm -hmm. And then when I started into business, when I was 23, 24, I was doing tours for experiential marketing and the fastest way to make, make up, like start getting higher and like getting hired for more stuff is to be somebody that admitted when they screwed up. And then I'm going to give a plan of action and this is why it will never happen again. And my motivational speaking is actually all about that. So it's overcoming failure by actually owning the failures, doing postmortems, learning from it, et cetera. So, yeah. Mm -hmm. So that accountability to you. Yeah. So yeah. back to the question that I've, I've probably taken a political spin and half avoided, how do I get my ego out of it? Um, I'm a firm believer that if I don't know what I'm talking about, I will not speak on it. Um, and just because okay. I saw an article, you just listen. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and I'll listen a lot just because, um, you know, I read it on CNN or I read it on Fox does not mean it's true. And actually one of the best things that I enjoy doing is like taking the fact check articles, which are to me also very biased. Their decisions are biased. Their articles are not. So if you read like the fact check or the Snopes, if you, if you move past the false, true mixture, rumor, move into the article, there's a lot of good stuff that if you're logical, you can break it down and also do a little bit of cross-referencing and figure everything else out in there. They rely on the American public to be headline-based. And mm -hmm. if we move past that, so a lot of my arguments are based on that and they can be fact-checked. So removing my ego is, I like to look at it from a place of um, news. And when I talk about stuff like that, news and information, I say, I say that Be the Change is uh, Tony Robbins, on the positive side, meets Walter Cronkite, and they have a love child. <laughs> and Walter Cronkite is that true concept of what is news? How do you report exactly what's happening? Yeah. And how do you give truth? So getting my ego out of it is easy. Um, it's gotten easier over time. The more that I know, the more you know, and the more you've learned, and the more you've researched, and the more you're willing to listen. Because again, I've, I've I, two years ago, I'm like, mass incarceration, what are you talking about? I know white guys that get arrested. Mm -hmm but it's it's very different there is a, a systemic background behind it that proves that mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. how do you handle the situations where um 
or have you been told this that you because you're a white male you do not get to have an opinion on that yeah <laughs> or what yeah how do you handle that the last time that happened was about an hour and a half ago so <laughs> awesome. um and i and i understand that but i i i and this is a, typically what i try to relate that to i'm like I'm, I'm not allowed to understand exactly what it feels like but i am allowed to have an opinion um, yeah. just the same as, so I have a, I had a father that had multiple sclerosis. I had a disabled father. I have the ability to, uh, speak on handicapped people and like, and understand something and being raised by a father that some people don't. Does that mean that you can't observe and learn what that could have been like? Absolutely. Like I have to have an open mind to my own stories, just the same as I think mm -hmm. other people would have to open mind. Like I can't, and it's funny, it really is just a skin color thing for me because I grew up in poverty and not poverty. I grew up below the, the poverty line. I you know, had a compulsive gambler for a father, handicapped as well. Um, ended up single parent mom. Like there was a lot of things going against me. Um, I was on free lunch, but I still understand it's very different than being able to go to a footlocker and get judged just because I'm a black kid. Like there is a difference. Yeah. There is a white privilege. And I've actually gotten over the concept of the verb or the, 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 the verbiage of white privilege and privilege. If somebody calls me privilege, I say, absolutely not. This is why. If somebody says you are the benefit of white privilege, I go, I understand that. I, I understand there's little things and there's psyche that that builds. So when people say you can't speak as a white man, I go, I can't, but I, based on my observations, I'm going to give an example. Colin Kaepernick. Um, and I lost some friends back when I was like, I don't, I don't think Colin Kaepernick is the right person for this. You, you can't say that. You're not allowed to say that. You're a white dude. I'm like, let me tell you why. Who, who are you trying to, as a movement, who are you trying to convince? People that somehow look like me to all come together and, and understand. And I said, here's the deal. Colin Kaepernick in America was 100% free to do what he wanted to protest. He was allowed to do that. But I'm allowed to voice why I feel it's ineffective. Why do I feel it's ineffective is from an observer standpoint, it took everybody that agreed and moved them farther to the agreement side. And it took everybody that disagreed and moved them further to, Way to the other one. Something mm -hmm. definitely broke on that one. <laughs> yep, there it is. That's half of it. Cool. It literally, I love we're having a super serious conversation while my dog is destroying the whole world around me. It's yeah. all right. He's also I very mean, serious about destroying yeah. your house. He's, you know, we all have our passion. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways, uh, but yeah, ultimately I was like, this is why I'm able to analyze. I go, no, I can't know what it's like to, to get picked up while driving black. I'm not saying that. Like I, and I understand that is 100% a thing, but at the same time, I can't tell you why on the outside, it looks like a very ineffective movement, why he was a bad choice, why the way he's doing it was a bad choice. The fact that he had socks that had pigs and uh, pigs dressed up as cops two months before, it's like, it's not, he's not hitting home because of a lot of different reasons. He's also no longer fully relevant in the league. This is why I think that it's not being successful. I'm allowed okay. to have that and I'm allowed to have that opinion. So I have to, I, I have to, I've had to learn how to craft my words and my come from and the, where, I'm, where I'm coming from. And I say, I've had to learn how to craft that so that I don't get that as much as I used to. On Facebook, when there's comments made, you're just, there's three, you can put three words on a page and say, no, you can't, so it's harder. But when it comes to verbal, I don't think I've had a verbal discussion where people have said that to me in a year. It's been a long time. I've, I've gotten much yeah. better. Mm -hmm. I think we all can. Yeah. yeah. I, um, I want to know your opinion because you put yourself at the center of these 
really difficult conversations and especially the political ones. Um, so I'm Canadian. A lot of my family is, is very much on the more liberal side. Um, but my, my boyfriend and a lot of my clients here, I mean, I'm in Texas, they're very much conservative. So I hear a lot from both sides. Um, and from what I've gathered, I feel like the differences, like the media wants to paint conservatives and the liberals as like, you see the world completely differently. Like you are two different people, but I, I really believe it's more of like a priority difference. Just people prioritize different things. And it, like some of my clients like are very Christian and they believe in pro-life. And so that's where they draw the line. Some people they're going to vote conservative for um, financial reasons. And that's where they draw the line. Um, how do you see the different sides views and how do you mediate the differences? I got you. So I've had this conversation recently and it was based off of actually a guy that did some work for my Jeep. And I, I started realizing this and another friend of mine that is liberal. We can't project what is the most important mm-hmm. topic on other people. So mm-hmm. that is the best way. I say, like the concept of pro-life is incredibly important to some people. It's not at the top of my voting list. Like that is not the reason why I vote a certain direction, but that's me. It can be totally, if, if, if somebody has had something happen to them, I know people that have had an abortion that are like, this is the worst thing I've ever done in my whole entire life. I will, I, this, this can't happen again. Like I, I, I don't think this can happen to other people. Um, that I can't project that. There's a gentleman, the guy that I had this conversation with, his biggest, can I, can I go ahead and lock him outside real quick? Okay. Yeah, go for okay. it. All right. You're fine. Take Give your time. Split second. What's your dog's name? Woody. Oh, I love that. That was only so much I could take. I'm like, I'm. No, we get it. You're good. And I felt bad because I know how the little sound makes in the background. Is it Woody the cowboy or Woody Harrelson or what? It's a pleasure. So I can call him Woodrow um, for for being official, but it's Woody uh, from from Toy Story. Yes. Um, And it always makes for a great opportunity to say that's what she said. So if if the right (laughs) thing is said. If it comes up, it's always good. Multifaceted. Yeah. I like it. I like it. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah. What do you think? Um, yeah. Where, where was it? Okay. So the pro um, abortion, just light, yeah. you know, pro-life stuff. About, you know, projecting. Um, so he is uh, Iranian, uh, Muslim. And he's like, for my business, he's like, I should like Donald Trump. I should be a Donald Trump supporter. And he's like, and I, and I liked what he's done, but my family still lives at home and, and Pal- they're Palestinian, not Iranian, sorry. Um, they're Palestinian. And he goes, what a lot of the country is happy about what he's done with Jerusalem, it's actually really hurt my family. And he goes, as much as financially, this is good for me. My biggest issue is my family. And he goes, mm. I don't fault people for being Trump supporter. I get what I, he's like, I get everything he's done well. And he's, he's helped my business. I know he's done that to a lot of other people. And I, I would support him. But because my biggest issue is the Palestinian conflict, I can't vote. Mm-hmm. But he's not, he's not forcing me to, to say you have to vote for me. Um, another one yeah. of his friends that, is, that, that does not feel the same way in terms of being open-minded to other people's opinions. She projects hers um, from a standpoint of her, one of her biggest issues is the transgender rights and, and LGBTQ rights. And I get it, but that's not my biggest, that's, I can't, I, there, we can't all have the same top issue. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Her, she passes judgment on people that vote a different way 
because they don't share they're like how how are you not standing up for the people like this like, and, and i'm like well, that's that's your biggest issue and you are totally allowed to have that that's what that is america that is why we're a constitutional republic and we run things like a, dem a democracy like that is it we're allowed to have our core concepts so to have that conversation i say just because it is your top issue it's best to not project those because that's not fair because maybe maybe mine is um, I mean, when I when I was previously a Democrat, I, I believed a lot in research. My dad had multiple sclerosis in the early 2000s. I was like, maybe you know, if they're pro science and pro this, they'll find a cure or whatever it might be. And that was my top issue at the time. Economy wasn't. I was 20 something years old. Right. Like, right. And, and and you know now economy like I have to feed my daughter. I have to support myself. I have to support my life. And I can see that supporting others. And I see different things. So I feel a certain way, and I have specific reasons for it. So again. I can understand why somebody is liberal. I can understand why somebody is conservative, but our main issue can't be projected on other people. Right. The best way I can. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. I want to know. So you talked about like taking responsibility for your daily actions, and what do, can you expand on that? Like, what does that mean to you? Got it. Um, in, in this world that we have, uh, and, and I, I think that I, I, I would love to see a world without Facebook. To be totally honest. But I, I really, I think the daily actions of like, if, if you have the time to complain for an hour about how bad something is, you have the time to volunteer for that. So your daily actions, if, if, if it's, if you're busy, you do you, you, you finish whatever you've got in front of you, you take care of your family, you make dinner, like, no, take care of your life. But if you are at the point where any free time you have is being used for negativity, um, and I speak this from a place kind of funny because that's, I mean, technically I've built a network on, around having conversations, but I'm trying to do it on a large level. But in a different way one, though, you're spreading positivity. Right. In a different way. And, and even when you spread positivity though, it sometimes can be looked at like negativity. That's just the world we're in. Um, but, but ultimately. So true. What's that? I said, that's so true. Yeah. Anybody can spin anything anyway. Yeah, right. And you just, and and I, we get to hear about it. Right. And I have to grow <laughs> and I've had to grow a thicker thick skin as I go. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, so if you take the time to complain about something and if you can take a step back and think about how you might be able to help what you're talking about, um, like for example, right now with the voting thing that's going on and the recount or whatever it might be and there's a lot of people like, oh no, I hear this is going to happen. I hear this is going to happen. I feel like this. There's actually steps if you if you truly believe that there should be a recount. There's steps that you can do. Like so, take action in it. Go uh, check your voter registration. Check to make sure things are accurate in your own world. Um, and then, if you believe as though you've seen enough evidence of fraud between your friends and neighbors or whatever it is, there's actually places you Google and you can find a way to report that fraud. That's the action. Not going on Facebook and being like. This yeah. is horrible. Like yeah. and sharing ten posts and the amount of time you did that, you could have been doing something a little bit more useful with your time and your vote. Yeah, yeah. I completely but, agree with that. But, but in terms of a daily thing, take away the election. There's a lot of people I, I, I've had this conversation with where I start, I try to stop what's going on in the social media, and they'll be like, you know, this person didn't care about this, and now there's all these different things. And I said, I mean, I've seen you go back and forth on here for about an hour and a half today. And I go, have you, when was the last time you volunteered at a child shelter or a, a you know, whatever it is? Well, you know, I'm a, I'm super busy. Like I have to feed my, you know, my kids and like, and this is, this is actually a work for work conversation. I go, cool, but you just spent an hour and a half. Because well, I wouldn't know where to go. I go, well, take that hour and a half now, search where you can actually do something so that next time you know where you can go to 
actually fix the problems that are right. Oh, that makes my Virgo heart so happy to hear. <laughs> <laughs> All the love for that. Yes. <laughs> no, it's, it's so, so, so true. It, it kind of goes back to what we were talking about before. It's like, you're either going to find a way to do something or you will find an excuse. Right. That's it. Mm -hmm. Like, doesn't matter if it's political or not, you know, it, that's, you get to decide. And I, I think it does go back to that, you know, that personal responsibility for which Be the Change was, you know, built on. Found on. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Love that. So, with all the negativity swirling around everyone all the time, <laughs> what, what do you do personally to stay positive? Hmm. Drink. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> uh, I really don't drink much. Um, let's see. Ultimately, like I, it, I will. I will. It, from a completely up upfront standpoint, I will tell you that the last three months specifically have been some of the most fulfilling three months of my whole entire life, and also some of the most difficult. Like I have. Um, I'm. I'm always out and about i'm like the party always this and i've been not in not in any way shape or form in fear of COVID, but i'm using this as an opportunity to get stuff done and work and i've been very alone and mm -hmm. in terms of keeping my own personal positivity i it's been hard it's been incredibly hard and there's and then part of it is there's no finding like when people are like oh you're a money maker that that hits even harder it's like I, I used to make very good money and it's like right now i'm just i'm coasting until something works and yeah. until, until this hits and that's been daunting but the one thing that i will say and i thank the people that subscribe to us and the people that um, are our followers because they once in a while if i open the right email or the right message um because a lot of times it is a lot of like did you see this article which is great at this point so stop so <laughs> yeah but there is some, some some really interesting comments like i'm going through this with my family or i haven't been able to talk to my cousin or sister and you have no idea what this meant to me to just kind of listen and realize that other people are going through the same thing and that politics are tearing our family apart or being able to have these conversations. And it's, that is, that is honestly being able to be in that uh, and be involved that I'm actually making an impact is huge. We had a gentleman that was on, we had some of the shows that we started out with were funny. They were called biscuits and gravy talk media. And <laughs> it was, it was pretty good. Uh, Cause it's like four comedians. It's all, it was, Awesome. But, and it was really it was our it was our therapy it was therapeutic but one of the guys ended up getting a gig um so we had another guy that brought in his friend whose name was dr frank lockwood and uh he did stand up and he was also a doctor and did improv and stuff became very close to him incredibly fast and i don't think we shared uh political views but he loved the political stuff because he enjoyed the way that i explained it he, he was always commenting he's always doing stuff and then we joined the show because he's brilliant he's hilarious and uh, him and his him and his husband, uh, his husband was always kind of in the background, but never actually came on the shows. And we knew he was there, Bernie. And uh, he got COVID. Um, Frank did in June, I guess. And he was like, "I'm fine." And he did a show, and he was supposed to do the next show. And then all of a sudden, he's like, "Hey, I'm going to the hospital. Things aren't things aren't good." Oh. And he introduced me to another woman that had been on another show, uh, Serena. That this is as a motivational speaker. People always ask what your why is, and it's like, "I have a daughter. I've got a." very close to my mom and I've got my own but I, I, I never I ask other people but I've never been an answer for it so Frank um battled COVID for about a month and at the time when in, in June once you got put on a ventilator it's not good 
it just kept spiraling and went down. And then and Frank passed away, I think, beginning of July. I want oh, to say. Wow. I could be off by a month, regardless. So I, that one hit hard. Like, I mean, I know everybody's lost. I feel like everybody's lost people in, in this year. And whether it was COVID or whatever, it's just been a difficult year. And that one hit really hard because it was this odd paradigm of, I would have never met Frank if it wasn't for COVID because mm. there would have been, there wouldn't have been biscuits and gravy. There wouldn't have been these like things that we're doing. And then at the same time, I'll never, and him I got close with and I'll never get to meet him in person because of it. So it was this thing. But yeah. the, the way that it all tied in is Serena, his friend would message me and she took it really hard. She had known him for a long time. And I ended up even getting interviewed by Atlanta, he's from Atlanta, interviewed by their television stations out there just because Frank was so well known in the community and he's this person that's like this is, this is so weird I've known this guy for three months online like an online dating yeah person, you know um but somebody asked me right after he passed away and after I talked to Serena Serena said you have no idea what you meant to him because every day he said that he was just frustrated in the world he was frustrated with the way people saw things he was frustrated with all the hate that he saw and he told her he's like this thing that Anthony's working on he donated like $200 for like me to give away money to, to different things like he was very involved and when he gave the reference he's like he what we were doing with Be the Change and specifically what I was doing with Be the Change gave him hope for the world ahead which he didn't know mm. that it was going to be his last couple months on earth yeah. so he got to pass away with hope for the future and that ability to impact somebody's life became my why and became and becomes the way that I can feed my positivity. Mm -hmm. And I think that can go for somebody like me and it can go for somebody that just goes and volunteers on the weekend to do something. Like you're impacting somebody's life and you have no idea the change that you might make 20 years from now. You have no idea the help right. that you might give a kid. They might end up looking back and you'll never know, but it doesn't matter. They might have this amazing life. And I go, remember that guy that was really kind to me that one weekend? And I think that that can, that is enough right now to give people positivity in terms of taking action and, and actually doing something. Yeah. 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 Kindness goes a long, long way. Yeah. And like you said, you might not ever see it or know that you had that kind of impact, but it does. Yeah. We got to get everybody to be kinder. <laughs> How do we do that team? <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's that whole ripple effect mentality. I've got a, a really fun, quick little story. Um, so you guys have been to state fair, obviously. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I've worked out there for several years and I have the Be The Change t-shirts and this is a very simple logo, but the girl I was dating a couple of years ago or a year and a half ago, she saw a guy walk by with this shirt on. And at the time we had sold a whopping like 72 t-shirts. So it's like <laughs> pretty much knew everybody that bought one, but there was a, a printing error and there was like, I don't know, it was actually like a hundred shirts, but out of those hundred, 30 were good enough to give away to Salvation Army. So this guy got a shirt. He was a short um, Hispanic dude. And I never got to see him. I wish I would have. But he went up to her and or she went up to him. And, and I goes, do you, where'd you get the shirt? And he's like, oh, no, I got it from Goodwill, blah, blah, blah. And he goes, you know, I, I looked up because the website was in the back. I looked up the website and that Michael Russo guy, just saw my middle name, which is cool. I'll take it. And he's like, I really liked his message, man. And you know what I did? Like, I went back to my neighborhood and he lived like near State Fair Park, really bad, really bad part of town, uh, bad neighborhood. And he goes, I, there's a bunch of kids in my neighborhood and we got together and I started a, a Be The Change group in the neighborhood and we go around and we mow people's lawns and like people that can't help themselves. And I'm like, oh my God, there you go. That's what it's about. I just got the goosebumps. That's <laughs> awesome. It's as simple as one little thing can just completely alter 
just the world around you. It doesn't take much. It really doesn't take much. It takes just a little bit and then grace for people that feel different. It's a simple thing, yeah. but we've, we've, lost, we've lost a lot of that. Thing. Yeah. Fight tooth and nail to do that. <laughs> you, do you think that it's predominantly media that's yes. done it? Okay, I do too. One hundred percent. Like, yeah, I'm big too. on self responsibility, so I do think it's people's choice how they take it. Sure. But we're human beings, and I think it's been beaten over our head to a point where I mean, people talk about like, have you had the red pill yet? And it's like it sounds like these conspiracy theory concepts. Like, are you killed? Are you like, are you woke? Are you like whatever? Right. Um, but I don't think it's that far off. Like, I really, and that is part of the reason I do feel a certain way politically is to be able to get off of the media grid changes how you feel about other people there mm -hmm. is a lot of there's a lot of hateful conservatives out here there, there's no doubt about that but yeah the hate's on both sides the hate's on both sides but from the way that i see media bullying it is very uh and i and i'm not in an echo chamber it might be the changes but my personal page is not and i see both and it does lean very heavy in one direction but ultimately a lot of the hate comes from people that watch too much fox or too much CNN, or too much news, or too much whatever. Um, again, goes back to my uh, my philosophy and logic and how I process things. I watch it all to make sure I have as much information as I can. I don't think that's safe or healthy for anyone to do what I'm doing right. without being able to discern uh, a lot of what I'm watching, whether or not it's truth or not, or past headlines, or not being able to question. Like you look at a, if if it if it emotionally tugs at you in a way that you're like, oh my god, that's the worst thing in the world it's probably doing that on purpose. Yeah. It's probably not factual mm. and you have to break it down. So the more emotional a headline makes you or a more emotional a lead into a story makes, the less chance that it's fully true. And fearful. And, uh, and fearful. Yeah, absolutely. So it's, it is one of those ones that's like, you know, you got it. You, you, like COVID's a perfect example. And people also look at me like, you lost somebody. I lost Frank. And I know wow. other people that have gotten very sick. And it doesn't mean like, you, you you lose people from heart attacks you lose people from things happen like unfortunately i hate to say that but things happen and you can't change everything about your life by just seeing what they're telling you on television mm -hmm. um, so yeah I, I blame the media first and foremost in terms of the separation and the hate i mean there there is literally people out there that i that i go do you really believe that 71 million people are bigots and racists and white supremacists and they say yes right and i'm like yeah. Wow. Like, are you kidding me? Mm -hmm. Like, I, I, it, and that to me is just, it, it, and, and that's where I, I go, okay, it's, it's your fault. Steph. <laughs> but th there is, but there is causes to that. There is, there's trigger words. There's, the media is not stupid the way that they, they've been able to program the public and it sells. It, it makes them money. And that's, that's, that's kind of crazy. Yeah. That's the sickening part of it all because people really truly do. Like if you are active on social media, like you almost feel like you have to pick a side, Yeah, right. <laughs> you know, and, and that's so dangerous <laughs> Yeah, because it doesn't, it doesn't become about those, those top tier items that are important to you anymore. It, right. it gets grouped in with everything else and it causes such, such division. It's just very scary. Yeah. And the last, like when you say that people, when they make that yeah, I'll, I'll leave it at that. When they make that decision, it's, it's hard because even even I'll get flack because I'm, I'm not like pro-life, 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 pro-life. And it's like all of a sudden my own side will start to turn on me like, what do you mean? Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, totally. We I deal with that all the time because like a big something that's very important to me is, you know, legalization of marijuana and, and psychedelics and things like that. I see the benefit. I've seen it work for veterans 
across the board and like it's changed their life and give them given them their lives back and that's important to me but that's more of a democratic issue that or you know like voting wise and it's like that that's that that's crazy <laughs> like yeah. you know it, it's so difficult yeah. i don't i don't know how to really navigate that I, what i hate is also and this this now you take it away from media and you bring it into the extremes as well and it's like all right they they decriminalize marijuana which i think is great um personally but then, like, there's some places that go full extreme and they decriminalize yeah. crack, meth, it's, and that's heroin. insane. Like, <laughs> exactly, and I feel the same way. I'm like, that's not all right. Like, we don't need heroin. Like, yeah. no. You know, st- yeah. Can we start in the middle someplace? Like, I have yeah, heard. Sorry, but it goes back to then it goes into the food industry. I mean, it crosses all those different things. If we're not regulating it there, why would we? I don't know. That's why there's too many issues to just be put in two categories. And it it just doesn't make sense the way that the country's run. Right. So how do you find good candidates, I guess? So there's fascinating. Tulsi Gabbard. Boom. Love her. Actually, do you you know a little bit about um, what happened to her at the beginning of the campaign? That, yeah, that she got, did her website not work or something? They shut down her website? It shows the power of our two our two groups, the DNC and the RNC. It shows the issues behind them. Um, is the fact that she had the most web searches for her uh, after the first debate because she's pretty. She was brilliant. Yeah. She knocked it out of the park. She serves in the uh, military. Served in the military, so she's got obviously Republican following can can follow her as well. She is she's a candidate that actually can speak for the the bulk of the American public, and she does not go with all of the dnc's trimmings she mm-hmm. doesn't she doesn't fit their bill so the dnc has power over big tech etc and accidentally google shuts her down for five hours which is the most important part for her at that point because the way you get into each of the debates is by having a certain percentage of approval and having a, a certain you have to hit a certain threshold of unique donors it doesn't matter do you hear the dog in the back yeah. of the <laughs> i'm gonna get I'm going to get a fine from the HOA, uh, but ultimately, yeah, you have to, uh, you have to get a bunch of unique donors. It's not like if somebody, one person goes, here's $80 million, it doesn't get you in. You have to have a certain amount. And the only way to get that is strike when the iron is hot, when you're popular. And those first five hours would have catapulted her to the next several, uh, uh, which is the debate. So I made one and it's it's fascinating how that shut down. And we talk about Republicans and Democrats being separate and they are in a lot of ways, but at the same time, they're playing the same game. Somebody, asked me um somebody asked me they're like you know would you ever consider running for politics and what like i like mark cuban i like the idea of the middle ground yeah i do too i really enjoy him yeah um ultimately to me there uh, there's fear i don't really have much fear in a lot of things but whenever somebody challenges the paradigm and i i look at i look at even the presidential level as middle management of a much bigger game and in the end they have they're, they're still in the same business together. They just have different ways of doing things. And it keeps, it keeps the money flowing. You don't, there's no reason right. why senators and, uh, and Congress, there's no reason why that whole group should have so much wealth um, in their family, except for the fact there's something that's been going on for decades. And that's just the American system. So in the end, they're all playing the same game to make sure that there's control and that there is a Republican and a Democratic group and that the Libertarians never have a say and the Green Party never has a say. And if somebody like Mark Cuban and say me were to come out and be like, let's get together, let's create a fiscally conservative group that also has liberal leanings and let's do something, which again, I do think 
I would have been really, I'm really curious what Trump would have done on a second set because he's never been a true Republican. So it's like, would he have backed off on some things? Would he have had liberal leanings? And I would have liked to see that, but we may not. Uh, but ultimately, my fear is that first they attack your character, first they attack your background, mm-hmm. then they attack you and harm. Like, I, I'd be terrified of what. I have no chickens in my closet, but I'm terrified of, that doesn't mean anything. Anything could be made up these days. Like, right. It, and, and it'll attack family. It'll attack friends. It'll attack people around you. And ultimately money runs everything. So it's like, I'm at a place where I feel very comfortable trying to be the change to as many people as humanly possible around me. But if it ever got like rubber meets the road and I'm in that position, like, could I face the fire of everything that the biggest powers in our country, these really mean middle managers, can throw at me to make sure they're protecting me as well. So I don't know. That's terrible. Yeah. yeah, I think that's why we don't have good candidates. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I, tr- truthfully, I think that that is what it would have to come down to for a lot of really qualified people to be able to take that, that step. I mean, nothing's trusted. Nobody knows what. And like you said, they can make up anything, and then they can make things look like it's actually true. <laughs> so yeah. it's like, you, you, how do you how do you navigate that? I don't know. But what gives me, I don't know if it's hope for the future, but um, like the way that technology is going, like with, uh, we're all on our phones all the time. Like everything's being tracked and recorded. Alexa's listening all the time. Like, I don't think, I think everyone's dirty laundry will be aired at some point. And so it's like, if everyone's on the same playing field, we're all going to realize, oh, we're all human. We're all weird. We're all messed up in a, diff- a few different ways. We all make mistakes. Once we can get over that hump, I think it will be a, a different world in politics. I, I hope for that, yeah. anyways. I hope. I think. I think whatever happens with this recount or whatever ends up happening is going to be very interesting, just as people. Because what do you have any like ideas of what you think is going to kind of play out, or what are you seeing being so, so invested? So I've had so many people reach out, and again, I, I, I have a lot of trepidation when I say certain things because some people are like really. But ultimately, if it's firsthand experience, I believe I can talk about it. And it's, it's interesting that they're just muffling a lot of these things as, as voter fraud. And I think there is something there. I think, and I think what it might show is it's got nothing to do with this election. I think it's got to show with how bad we've done things. First of all, as the mm-hmm. most developed nation in the world, we have one of the <laughs> yeah. most we have the most fast backwards voting systems and, and I, yeah. I can see why because now you've got machines that are like oh that's tied to Pelosi and then, all that, and then there's all these this crookedness um which also often facts and uh, which I'm like that can't be like non-conflict interest but um, is that dominion or whatever it's called yeah yeah, yeah, yeah yeah okay okay so I'm gonna give it a really quick example of, of of how funny the fact check is the fact check is like rumor 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 I read it because it said that Pelosi had ties to uh to the software so yeah. Dominion uh, has lobbyists because they're you know a large company working with obviously voting and, and, and government. So they have lobbyists, and one of their lobbyists was Nancy Pelosi's ex chief of staff. So in the article, it actually says he wasn't. It's a rumor. He wasn't the lobbyist. He's one of the lobbyists. I'll leave that there. <laughs> like I'm like okay. So that the fact check literally just explained exactly why it really is. True, but yeah. they just came yeah. up with it. Tomato, so, tomato, tomato, like, tomato. Yeah, like no big deal. we're like, just gonna blow it off. That's wild. Yeah, I feel like that's a conflict of interest. Um, so I miss journalists. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no kidding. Um, sorry, what was the question again? I got, I got sidetracked. 
I don't remember. I don't either. <laughs> oh, I no, I asked um, what like with you oh. being so invested in yeah, this, yeah. what do you see kind of coming? So here's the biggest issue that I've seen. Like voter fraud happens all the time. But this is what this is what's interesting. Now that we've engaged people to check out their registration, people are looking at their previous, and people are more active this year. Obviously, no matter left or right than ever before. People yeah. that I know on the conservative side that actually are a lot of them are registered Democrats uh, because they made the switch or they walked away or whatever you want to call it. They looked at their voting record. They didn't like they didn't do any of the, the midterm elections in 2018 and they didn't vote in 2016 because they didn't like Trump or Hillary. And guess what? They're showing that they voted both years. One was absentee ballots. And this is happening a lot. And this is firsthand people telling me this isn't like a friend of my friend said that their cousin voted, but they whatever. And I'm like. This is terrifying. This might be showing that our system has been completely rigged for tens of yeah, decades. Like, forever, and, and, who knows? So that's my biggest fear. That The biggest fear and positive is that we expose that and we have to find a way to change our systems. And then, then mm -hmm. do we, how do we find a way to go to what every other major country does, like some kind of digital system, but then we have to actually trust the digital Exactly, system. and that's so far gone. Right. I mean... Even if it is exposed, that doesn't mean people are going to believe it. I, I, it's, it's, I, 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 positivity is the best I can do right now and, and help people smile and help people do whatever. That's but right. I, yeah. I think our governmental systems are in really bad shape. In really, yeah. really bad shape. Well, that's why I love that you spread positivity and do your research because a lot of people, they want to put their heads in the sand, vote one way or another, and not put any research into it, not be open to changing their views or looking deeper into things that might look a little sketchy. And when you do do the research, it's hard to stay positive because a lot of things come out that you're like, you know, like you just said, how long has this system possibly been corrupt for? That's not, that's not a positive thing to think about. No. It's hard to right. say. That led to a 14 day depression. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I can speak to that. Like, yeah, yeah. it's wild. Yeah. Yeah, and it's and it's like it's to me that the Pelosi thing that I just brought up is funny. That's the exact example of that could be true because it's like Pelosi has ties, and you go that that is emotionally you're emotionally invested when you hear that, and you go that can't be. And oddly enough, some of them are. And I think part of the problem is the unbalance of media in this country being eighty percent one direction, and and not to say that a liberal or conservative is right or wrong, but if you have one viewpoint, and, and it's interesting when the exit polls and they look at Biden um, out of the seventy four million people that voted for Biden, if they do the math based on the percentages, like uh, 42, 43 million of those were people that weren't voting for Biden. They were voting against Trump. Right. So right. I think that that's a very interesting thing. And, and you have to look at it that we have 80% of our media doesn't say what Trump is doing wrong. It says how terrible Trump is. So mm. they, they've, they've taken away his character. And again, Trump's not, I, I couldn't tell you if he's a good or bad guy, but Ultimately, you're voting for a president that you know does something, or either you, you vote on policy. To me, you vote on policy for the most part, um, mm -hmm. and and we've taken it to where eighty percent of the media, where people are eighty percent of the people are watching. To me, it's it's amazing that it was a, it's ever going to be a close election that polarized based on media. But eighty percent of the media has painted a picture that has forced people to vote a certain direction, um, or programmed people to vote a certain direction. And it also, on top of it, again, totally free to have all those opinions and vote a certain way. But they they have celebrated. You look at CNN and Don Lemon, for example. He has specifically said 
you should not be friends with any of your conservative friends anymore. They have, they're mentally deranged. They are all these different things. And it's like, this is what people, people are taking that as news instead mm-hmm. of editorial. Opinion. And yeah, mm-hmm. opinion. so it becomes very dangerous. And I think that is, goes back to your question about why the segregation has happened in this country, the separation is, is because of that kind of messaging. And because it's not a 50, 50, it's that 80, 20. So this side is much more emboldened, whereas this side has to really do a lot of research to not feel a certain way and go out of the way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's and then so there's true. anger on both sides because of the media <laughs> and then because of the feeling of the media's against them. Yeah. Right. I was watching that explained uh show on Netflix. I don't know if you all have seen that or not. It was it specific to like voting. It's it's a series, but they were talking one of the things that I found so interesting because like my husband's from Australia and you have to vote there otherwise you're fined. And I thought that was like genius. Yeah. <laughs> I think that that's like so genius. Like you have to, you know, get involved in 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 voice, you know, be the voice for yourself essentially. Um, I like that. But some of the countries they were saying like they really monitor how much um, media people candidates can receive. And I mean, it's capped. You can't go over it. You can't go under it. And it's only certain. I thought that was so interesting. And I think that. That would be so beneficial here in yeah. America to be able to do um, because it, 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 those ads just get so nasty, you right. know, and that, and for some people who maybe aren't going to do a lot of research or don't that or is, consider that their, their news, that's their research. And that's terrifying. I used to say we should have, um, we should have a test. Um, but then again, I found out what voter suppression means and found out yeah. that voter right? suppression. Right? Yeah, that. they used yeah. to do that. Yeah, yeah they used they to, did that. to take, I mean, you should, like a lot of people don't know anything. I mean, I'm able to formulate opinion based on all the different research I have. I know the goods, the bads, and I can formulate a decision, but most yeah. people only have a very small percentage of why they feel a certain way. Oh. Oh, yeah, I don't know. I The idea of the fine is very interesting. I, I, I would think it'd be better to do some kind of like positive reinforcement to vote because that they said that this election was like the most, yeah, you get a high five, you get a free lunch or something like, I don't know that they said the most people ever have voted this year. And it was what 75 million or something like that. Um, so 74 for 74, 71, 70. So 144. Okay. 144 million, but there's still like over 300 million people living in the U S like 329 million approximately so like what are you doing <laughs> like yeah. you know right. I mean? and right. technically we don't know how many of the people that cast a vote were actually breathing there's still that right yeah there's that aspect of it too <laughs> so and then that goes back to as well like why haven't they made election day uh public holiday, holiday. like that's be. that's why. your duty to go do that yeah. like you go stand in line and then you know you can go have the rest of the day off once you're done but you have a responsibility we make christopher columbus a holiday which bog- i'm an right. italian yeah, like, and i i'm literally like how if there's all the things we've corrected in this i'll country, go to work i'll go to work <laughs> i mean and, and i'm a big like i'm i'm in the, i'm indigenous people day i'm like this is silly to me like we've done our research christopher columbus really a wasn't a great guy didn't really discover America yet. We're holding on to this one for some weird reason. And that was like, even Trump said that like, he was like, believe in Christopher Columbus. I'm like, I'm going to disagree with you. Like, yeah. I got to I'm going to go take a walk. Yeah. <laughs> Not perfect. But it's like, we hold on to some really weird stuff. And that's, that's one really of them. Do. And, and yeah, I don't know. Gosh, I could talk all day. I know we've reached our time limit. I'm so sad, but 
come back and talk with us soon. And, Deal. you know, I, yes, we, I learned so much. And thank you again for just one, coming and hanging out and having the conversation with us, but two, for just being so bold and brave, whether you see it that way yeah. or not, for, for taking on the tough, tough subjects. And it's, it's awesome. It's, well, it's really, you, really man. cool to know you. So thank and, you. <laughs> no problem. And yeah, it's funny because when I get in these calls, like, you know, should we do a podcast together or whatever it might be? And once we start talking about Be The Change, people typically will hear Be The Change and they're like, okay, we've got an activist. We've got, you know, and I never know. And like, sometimes I'll try to do some back research on like social media to see how delicate because I can completely uh, avoid politics, obviously. Like I can talk about sure. positivity. So I'm always like, there is a little bit of a trepidation. I kind of have to like, nudge yeah in the first conversation like how far how far can we talk about here <laughs> yeah <laughs> so no i just I appreciate you. you for doing for going there i mean we we appreciate that there's no point in trying to hold back if we really do want to make change right you have to be able to yeah. bring it all we need so. more people that want to be open-minded and stay informed and you're a great example of that so thank you thank you yeah. well, thank you very much <laughs> Well, we will talk to you very soon. We'll be in touch, you know, through email and stuff to let you know when your episode will be airing and all the fun stuff that we'll be tagging you in along the way. But this is awesome. Yeah. I really appreciate it. Give your dog some pocket treats from us. <laughs> Maybe that's why he was being so nuts. He's probably currently eating the whole balcony. So we're good. Go handle that. We'll talk to you real soon. Yeah. Thank you. Bye, guys. Anthony. Thank Bye. You. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to join in on the conversation, we invite you to come be a part of the HTC community. Find us on Facebook and Instagram by searching at Have the Combo and click around on our links to find ways that you can get involved. And don't forget, you can join us every Thursday morning at 7 a.m. Central for Coffee and Conversation on Instagram Live. Talk, Talk soon! soon.